0: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SP Nation. And I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can find all the podcast content at lockedonpackers.com. It is Baltimore Ravens Week. If you haven't listened, to the opponent Wednesday show with Jeff Zerabic from the Baltimore Sun. That is yesterday's show. I highly encourage you to do that. This is an uncommon opponent for the Packers. And the last time these two teams played, the circumstances were very different. And it is, as I said yesterday, it's hard to keep track of everything that goes on in the NFL. Especially when you're trying to keep track of your own team as well. And, and probably at least one, if not two or three fantasy football teams So I highly recommend that podcast before you get to this one. That doesn't mean turn this one off, but listen to that one. We are going to go deep on the Baltimore Ravens in this show. We're going to start with the Ravens' defense. That is their strength. And we're going to move to the Ravens' offense. That is clearly not their strength. As I said earlier in the week, the Ravens are a very similar team to the Chicago Bears. They have a really bad passing offense, an okay run offense, a very good passing defense, and an okay run defense. They're very similar. And what we found out this week is the Packers can stop the run if they know that's all they have to do. So that affects how Baltimore is going to game plan. It should affect how the Packers game plan. Before we get to the deep dive on the Baltimore Ravens, Some important news happened on Wednesday. Aaron Rodgers, you may have heard of him. He didn't practice because he wasn't in pads or he wasn't in shells, but he did rehab on Wednesday. He did cardio. He did some calisthenics. And most importantly, and I was sort of out on the news that he was involved until I read from Rob Domovsky that he had been you doing a throwing motion with a towel. That is a significant step in his rehab. And I say that as someone who has had a serious injury and has had to rehab it. Now, I had, I had hip surgery a couple years ago. I was hit by a cab in New York City. Wild things happen. I had to have hip surgery to repair a torn labrum in my hip. And that is an injury that you can start rehabbing right away. Almost immediately, like within a couple days, I started rehabbing. And I was shocked that that was something that you needed to do. So at first, my thought was, well, rehab isn't, that's not news. You have to rehab every injury. And you can start doing that right away. But the fact that he was using the throwing shoulder and he was making a throwing motion, even with a towel, the towel is, is meant to be resistance. So he can't go quite as fast as he would like. But the fact that he's doing that is an important step in his recovery. There were some reports that, that with the collarbone, with this kind of surgery that he had, that around Thanksgiving is when he would be able to start throwing reasonably. And if he does then we can expect that he can make an an on-time recovery and the recovery window was potentially within the, the recovery window that happens to align with the IR schedule. If he can start throwing in the next week or two, that portends well for this team in terms of him being able to come back. Now, they have to be in the hunt, which means they have to win this week, they have to win next week, Or they have to win the week after that. If they do that, if they beat, let's just say they beat the Ravens and they beat the Browns in two of the next three, they are seven and five and they're right in the mix with Tampa Bay at home, who is a bad team. If they're eight and five heading into Carolina, even if they lose that game, if they can get to 10 wins, they're going to make the playoffs. If you look around the NFC, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that are in the mix. If you assume the Vikings are going to get to their 10 or 11, the Lions are in the mix to get to 10. Their schedule is not particularly difficult. The Panthers are in the mix to get to 10. The Falcons, the Cowboys, the Seahawks. But here's the thing. Packers hold the tiebreaker over the Cowboys. Packers hold the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. If they beat the Panthers, they hold the tiebreaker over them. And that is the first week that the QB1 can come back. So... A lot to be determined between now and the next few weeks. We're going to learn a lot about Aaron Rodgers' availability as he goes through this rehab process. And if he continues to make pro- progress the way that he appears to be making it, all we know right now is there haven't been any significant setbacks because he is he's doing calisthenics. He's doing cardio. He is working toward coming back. This is, not a, this is not a guy or a team that looks resigned to their fate in terms of not playing this year. They're going for it. And that's an important step in the rehab process in declaring we're going for it. That matters. I don't know how much it matters. We're going to find out very soon. The quarterback who is going to play this week, Brett Hundley, who is dealing with a hamstring injury in the Bears game, he practiced in full on Wednesday. It looks like he is all systems go, but that doesn't mean that there's not a potential for a setback. And obviously, Joe Callahan is a suboptimal replacement. So, Brett Hundley needs to play. Ty Montgomery did not practice on Wednesday. He's dealing with the rib injury. It seems like there's a chance he could play. If he doesn't, Jamal Williams is going to be the guy. Devontae Mays, who you may remember Long-time listeners of this podcast will remember Bob McGinn said on this program that Mays was his favorite of the rookie backs in In the preseason. He's got some strength, he's got some power, and he does have some speed. If it's just Jamal Williams and Devontae Mays, that's, that's not obviously ideal. But given the way that the Packers have run blocked this season... That could be enough, and we're going to get into that a little bit later in the show because the Packers' offense running the ball has been more than stellar. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Leave your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. It will get you access to NFL player grades, snap counts, position ranks, Fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, NFL draft coverage, fantasy, daily fantasy, all of that, and much, much more. All you need to do, go to iTunes, leave a review of this podcast, put your name and your Twitter handle in that review, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription, a $39.99 value. It is that easy. All right, let's start with the Baltimore Ravens defense. This is the strength of their football team. They are fifth overall in defensive DVOA, that is defense-adjusted value over average. If you don't understand why I love this metric by now, you need to go to footballoutsiders.com, read up on it. I've convinced my dad that this is useful information, and so if I've convinced him, I should be able to convince you. They are a very good defense. They are the third-ranked defense defending the pass, but they are the 19th ranked defense defending the run. And so this this presents an interesting dichotomy for the Green Bay and how they match up with the Ravens because the Packers are the number two rushing offense by DVOA and the 15th passing offense by DVOA. So the, the Ravens' strength is their passing defense. The Packers are content, apparently, based on what we saw against Chicago, running the ball. 12 more runs than passes against Chicago, who has a much better Pass defense, than run defense. So we can expect the Packers to establish the run early and often. Now the Packers gain success early with Ty Montgomery. We don't know if Ty Montgomery is going to play. So that creates an interesting situation for the Packers because if Ty Montgomery doesn't play, maybe he is a crucial part and, and presumably he is a crucial part of the Packers run game, especially without Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams is not a proven NFL running back. He, had, he did some nice things against Chicago, but he is not as good as Ty Montgomery and he's not as good as Aaron Jones based on what we've seen so far. So the, the guess is we're going to see a similar ratio run to pass. There are going to be more runs than passes. The Packers are going to be judicious in the way that they use their passing game, and they're going to be judicious the way they attack the field. Now, here is the interesting thing to me. If you look at Brett Hundley's passing chart from the Bears game, it is very clear he is more comfortable, and I put this out on Twitter. So go and and go see it because the visual really does help bring it home for you. Brett Hundley is much more comfortable throwing to his right. This is a, a common thing with quarterbacks because think about it. A right-handed quarterback drops to his right. His peripheral vision is to his right. His body is angled there. It's easier to make those throws than to, than to turn your body Because you can't see what's going behind your head. You can see what's going on in the peripheral in front of you. It makes sense that he would be better throwing to his right. The Ravens have the number one passing defense by DVOA throwing to the left. Well, Brett Hundley doesn't throw to the left. Not very often anyway. But they have the 26th defense defending the right side of the field. Which means, not only are they a below average defense defending that side of the field, they're well below average. Adding to this issue is Jimmy Smith, their shutdown corner, their number one corner, who has played as well this season as any corner in football. I don't care. Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye, pick a person. Jimmy Smith has been playing that well. We talked about it with Jeff Zrebeck yesterday. He's been great, but he hasn't been healthy. He's dealing with an Achilles injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. He is clearly not 100%. So even if he plays Sunday, based on where we stand right now, it seems unlikely he'll be 100%. So that opens things up for the Packers passing game. Now, an interesting addendum here is with Green Bay having the number two rush offense by DVOA, the Ravens have a below average run defense, and the the Packers have the number one running QB by DVOA in football, Brett Hundley. Now, I don't think Mike McCarthy is going to subject him to unnecessary hits. I think if he's dealing with a hamstring injury, it makes sense to not get him on the run. But if the options are there and he's feeling okay, Hundley can make some plays with his feet in this game. By DVOA, and I know that some of you are going to to get annoyed that I keep bringing this up, but I, I think their metrics are great. By DVOA, the Packers have the better QB in this game. Joe Flacco, I've said this all week, he's been terrible this year. Terrible. And we'll get into it more when we talk about the Ravens offense, but he's been terrible. The best unit on the field when the Packers have the ball is their rush offense. The second best unit is the pass defense. The third best unit? is Green Bay's passing offense. So that means two of the top three units on the field and the Packers have the ball belong to them. And they have the better quarterback, according to the advanced metrics. They have the advantage against the Ravens' defense. Now, this is going to become important after we look at the defense because this tells us something about where this game could potentially go. Before we move on, I want to point one other thing out. The Ravens are the worst team in football by DVOA defending tight ends. I know I was a little overzealous in declaring that Lance Kendricks was the answer at tight end, but this could be the week. I know that seems a little disingenuous coming from me because I've said it before, but look, the Ravens are the worst team in football defending tight ends. If this is not the week, what week is the week? Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to take advantage of it, but it is a potential weakness for the Ravens that I would hope the Packers know and and would seek to exploit. We'll see. It is Raven Week. So check out Locked on Ravens to get the Baltimore perspective on the Aaron Rodgers list. Green Bay Packers. That's a tongue twister. Aaron Rodgers list. And the Bucks. Talked about the Bucs. They look like legitimate contenders in the Eastern Conference. They've won, I think, four in a row. They beat the Pistons Wednesday night. Stay up to date on all the latest with Milwaukee on Locked on Bucs. Just like you stay up to date Unlocked on Packers. When the Ravens have the ball, they are 27th overall by DVOA. 29th passing, 16th running. In other words, they're a terrible passing team. And they're a eh, rushing team. That's the moral of the story. The only passing teams worse, I sent this out on Twitter yesterday, the quarterbacks who man- the offenses who are worse passing than the Ravens. Scott Tolzien, sound familiar? Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Kaiser, Cody Kessler, Mike Lennon, Mitch Trubisky. The Colts, the Browns, and the Bears are the three worst passing teams in the league. The Ravens are next. It's bad. Joe Flacco has been really bad this year. The only worst starter by QBR is Mike Glennon, who lost his job to a rookie. They didn't score on the Tennessee Titans until the fourth quarter. Dom Capers runs the Dick LeBeau defense. Dick LeBeau runs the Titans defense. So this is, this is a good proxy, defensively. Offensively, it's a little weird, but defensively, it's a good proxy. And the Packers, frankly, have a much more talented defensive staff in terms of their defensive personnel than the Titans do. At least, if you add in experience, the Titans are are very young in spots defensively. They've got a rookie starting corner, just like Green Bay does. Free agent acquisition, just like Green Bay does at corner. But Green Bay has better pass rushers. They've got a better interior defense, better inside linebackers. They're a better defense. Green Bay is. Green Bay is nineteenth overall in weighted DVOA. Tennessee's twenty fourth, twenty fourth against the pass, fourteenth. Against the run. So pretty similar against the pass. Green Bay is 23rd. So just a spot higher against the pass. So it's a pretty good proxy. But the Packers are eighth against the run. And this is critical for Green Bay. If they can stop Alex Collins, Terrence West, Javorius Allen, if they can stop the running game for Baltimore, make them play left handed, make them play to throw, they can win. Because Joe Flacco has not proven that he can win games throwing the ball this year. Just hasn't. If the defense hasn't won games for the Baltimore Ravens this season, they haven't won. So that means if the Packers don't screw it up, they can win at home on Sunday. That's where we are. I mean, the the weaknesses for Green Bay, 23rd against the pass. Well, the Ravens are worse throwing the ball. And Green Bay is really good defending the run. The Ravens are just okay running the ball. So this is a good matchup for Green Bay's defense. Green Bay is 23rd defending number one wide receivers, which is a problem. But the Ravens don't have a bona fide number one receiver. They're 26th defending running backs in the passing game. While the Ravens don't have a pass catching running back that you have to be worried about. Buck Allen is sort of that. But he's not Alvin Kamara. He's not Jarek McKinnon. He's not Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson or the kind of player that you really need to worry about in the the passing game. We don't know if Danny Woodhead is going to play in this game, though certainly he would qualify. So that means if you stack the units for this game, the best unit on the field in this game is going to be the Packers' run game. Now, maybe not with Aaron Jones, on the sidelines, maybe not with Ty Montgomery on the sidelines if he's out. But this offensive line is healthy, and they're going to get after the Ravens' defensive front. Linebackers aren't great. The second best unit is the Ravens' passing defense. The third best unit is Green Bay's run defense. So that means two of the top three best units on this field on Sunday will belong to Green Bay. And not just that, the fourth best unit is Green Bay's pass offense. Now, half that statistic comes from Aaron Rodgers being on the field. So it's not the most reliable. But of the worst units on the field, Baltimore has two of the three worst. Our 29th passing, 19th rushing, and Green Bay has 20 is 23rd against the pass. It's three out of four if you add their run offense. So if you just want to look at it like that, And it's one of those things I I really like when, when if if you're a college football fan, if you listen to the solid verbal, Ty and Dan, they'll talk about who's the best unit on the field. Green Bay clearly has more quality units on the field than Baltimore. Baltimore does one thing really well, and that's defend the pass. Everything else they do, below average. Green Bay does two things really well. They run the ball and they stop the run. They do one thing okay, and that's throw the ball. And they do one thing a little below average, and that's stop the pass. The Ravens, they do one thing. As I said, they stop the pass. They're a meh rushing team, a terrible passing team, and a below average run defense. Green Bay has the advantage in this game in in more ways than Baltimore does. So the fact that Baltimore right now, they're a two-point favorite on the road, I don't see it. I really don't. I think Green Bay wins this game. I don't think Baltimore can score enough. And I don't think they're going to stop this run game. Jamal Williams, Devontae Mays, a little Randall Cobb wildcat. Especially if Jimmy Smith doesn't play. We don't know if he won't, but it's all there. Even if he does, he's not going to be 100%. We're going to give you a final look At the rosters tomorrow, we're going to know a lot more about the injury situation, whether or not Jimmy Smith can play. And look, that is huge. Whether or not Jimmy Smith can play could legitimately swing the outcome of this game. Because if Marlon Humphrey, a rookie, has to start on the outside next to Brandon Carr, who is an inconsistent, if talented, corner, who is susceptible to His own aggressive play. Perfect matchup against Devontae Adams who crushes on double moves. That gives Green Bay a considerable advantage because that passing defense gets much worse. They go from a top five defense to maybe a top 10 or 15 defense. And you've got a rookie defending Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams given the play. And then there's a trickle-down effect because now Baltimore's nickel corner, who was their fourth corner, is going to have to play nickel and their nickel corner is something called a Maurice Kennedy so this is this is a problem for them and maybe they'll play a Ladarius Webb in the slot but he is he is certainly too old for that so that would have that would have far reaching implications in this game so we're going to we're going to hold off Friday for a little bit later in the afternoon to see who's practicing and who's not if you have to listen Saturday, that's just fine. we got plenty of time before the Ravens travel to Green Bay Sunday afternoon. This is a must-win game from Baltimore. It's a must-win game for Green Bay, especially now that we know that the Aaron Rodgers recovery is on track to some degree. We're going to have a lot more content tomorrow. Then we got a game on Sunday, and then we're back Monday at it. Hopefully talking about a 6-4 team. That is in the thick of the playoff race with their star, all-world, all-universe Marvel comic QB returning very soon to put them in the thick of the NFC playoff race, which they could be in already. So until then, stay locked on, Packers.